Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople to learn more about successful trades straight from the source. Today we're here with Ty Branneman, an HVAC educator with 27 years in the field. How are you, Ty? Doing great. It's absolutely a beautiful day. It's a great day to learn something new. Awesome. Where are you uh, located at? Well, right now I'm in, in Texas, but I travel all over the country, and I've lived uh, in multiple different cities and, and states all across this beautiful country. I've even lived in Australia for a little bit, so it's uh, I've, I've been around a time or two and seen a lot of really cool stuff, and no matter how much you learn, there's always something new and something else to learn, so you just you just can't get enough of the education and, and all this, the things that make the world work. And there's so much science in everyday life that really apply to HVAC, and once you start looking at it, it's kind of like the matrix where you start seeing like how everything operates it's right because willis carrier he invented the psychometric chart before he invented the air conditioner he first saw how air worked and then he thought i can manipulate this and can control the temperature and humidity and it's pretty cool about hvac so everything about us we think about you know fixing appliances or parts or helping people but think about it, it's like such a big big career what's crazy is the world is what eight billion people now i, I can't remember the exact number yeah somewhere about that that's only possible because of refrigeration and transportation. We can grow food anywhere around the world, transport it, and keep it at the right temperature. We wouldn't be able to sustain the population without HVACR. Oh, that's so cool! Um, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't think about that very often. Yeah. We don't think about what a what a massive scale uh, that needs to be to maintain eight billion people all across the planet. That's interesting. Um, how was uh, Australia? Oh, I loved Australia. I couldn't do direct HVAC work because of their licensing and laws, although I, I tried. I did work as a fugal mill operator, and understanding how humidity and moisture and stuff works, I operated a fugal, and I was able to run the dryer and uh, and, and get the, the sugar just the right texture and everything. Just understanding what I knew about HVAC, applying it to a fugal operator, and, uh, and it's just... It was a great time. It was a great experience. Met some amazing people, saw some amazing things. It was awesome. Well, uh, for, for those in the audience, including myself, that don't know, what is a uh, fugal, so when, a when fugal they, operator? So a fugal, uh, so the amazing thing is how they, they, they do the, the sugar. It's, it's incredible. They have this whole farmland. They have train systems. They bring all this sugar in. They crush it. And they use every part of the sugar. They even have this thing called bagastic, all the stuff that's left over the junk. And they burn that through the generators to make steam to run the plant and to sell electricity, not only for the plant, but back to the city. And then they use the leftover parts of all everything left over to make biodiesel to run the trains in. Anyway, so I had the, the good part product. After it's all serviced and done and grown, they had this thing called uh, it's molasses, or it was actually a different name. But it came down to me in this hot, sticky stuff, and I had to separate and get the uh, the good sugar out of it. And I, it was like a big washing machine. And then it dropped on this wow. belt, and I had to dry it. If you made it too dry, it was a fire hazard. If it's too wet, then it would spoil. And it was just, a, I learned a lot, like really, really fast. But it was just a really neat experience. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting experience, <laughs> something that most of us never get to. Um, all right, well, um, you're located in Texas. And how did you get started in the HVAC field? Uh, my dad is a uh, sheet metal man, and I, I love my dad. I did not enjoy doing sheet metal work, <laughs> but uh, everything had to be within like a, a 16th of an inch. Everything was had to be precise, and, and it just sitting in a shop really wasn't what I like to do, so I got into doing installations, and that was better because I was out seeing stuff and doing stuff, but it was you know super hard on your knees, and the people I worked for, man, they were they were pretty rough. Uh, you know, it's the old school tradesmen, and you know they throw stuff and yell at you. 
But then I saw this guy come by like several times a day in this van. He didn't even get out of the van. He had this big old Slurpee cup that he would drink out of and ask questions, and then he would leave, and then he would occasionally come by, and we might not see him for a couple of days. And I, I asked the lead, I was like, is that the owner? He's like, oh, no, that's just a service guy. I'm like, that's a posi- like, how do I get that job? And he says, well, you have to like read stuff and learn stuff and understand more about it. And I'm like, sold. And then so from then on, I just kept learning and learning and learning. And I have some learning disabilities, ADHD and stuff like that, that uh, really not a disability. It's more of a superpower if you look at it right. But I have to really <laughs> force myself to read and study. And, and I did. And then the more that I studied and learned, the more questions I had and people couldn't answer them. So I had to read more and learn more. And still to this day, it's just fascinating when I, I learn something new or something that I thought I knew, somebody told me, and then I go and read into it and research it and realize, man, that's actually not exactly correct and then you modify your ways and keep learning and keep changing and and then next thing you know i'm you know traveling all over the world and like uh, seeing different things and doing different stuff and i get bored easy so i've done commercial and residential and supermarket and uh, education and like all different realms of it and there's this industry is so big people think hvac they think of you know fixing an air conditioner or fixing a you know a freezer but it's so much bigger than that even now building science in a residential side how houses are built are different than they were built 100 years ago and how air conditioning plays a part in that so building science is a whole other aspect of hvac people don't think about and now you got electrification whether people like it or not you can't just take a gas furnace out and put in a heat pump i mean you got to think about the whole house system you know and the air leaks and blower door sure. testing and you know it's just amazing how much science and just the air around us we, everybody talks about being healthy, doctors and insurance plans. But we, we breathe in. So I mean, think how many gallons of air we breathe in every single day. The air that we're breathing in is a huge – it's even more important than the food that we're eating as far as health goes because the, the poisons in the air can really affect the long-term longevity of our body. And so understanding that and, – and sometimes it goes a little deep for people. And that, that's okay, but when you start thinking about the unlimited possibilities and, and how much there is to learn and understand, and the more you understand, the more questions you have and the more you want to learn. And you know, I just think it's cool because I keep trying to learn more stuff, and the more I learn, the more I realize the more stuff I don't know. Yeah, you bring up several interesting things that I've that I've never thought of. Um, first of all, the air purity aspect, right? I mean, we all worry about diet. We worry about what we put in our body. But quite often, we're not considering the fact that certainly um, what we're breathing in is just as important to our health as, as what we're putting in as far as food goes or, or what we're expending as far as exercise, right? Yep. yep. That's fascinating. Um, and you mentioned ADD, of course, and I suppose it's probably a, a sliding scale that we all fit into this umbrella on some level, you know. Um, you know, the difficulty to sit and, and kind of focus on a boring task as opposed to moving around, learning something new, experiencing something new. Um, that's interesting as well. You know, I, uh, I'm someone who's never had a, had a proclivity for sitting at a desk um, being in a in a dull job, I always like to be active, move around, learn new stuff. So I think I'm probably somewhere in that gray area myself. That's um, funny. I used to go to these office buildings, and people would take the same route every day in their in their same car, the same parking lot, and they'd work their whole life to get closer to the window. And you know, and that's that's fine. Their biggest change was you know a new car, or maybe they moved to a different house. And I just thinking, man. I have an office with three windows. I got this big front window and two side windows. And uh, awesome. my view changes every single day, just being in that service van, driving around. And the people you meet and some of the stuff in Texas, I had this one remote location. 
and the guy had zebra. I'm driving my service van, and there's zebra running beside me. And it's like, what is going on? And in South wow. Beach, Miami, you know, when you're on the you're on the very top floor, the person owns a whole entire penthouse, and you're you're having views that nobody else can see, or you're meeting authors and famous people, and then you know, down those people that you know barely making ends meet, and you're able to uh, help them out and get their system running a little bit longer, you know, or help a restaurant save their business. Because if your freezer went bad today. That's a big loss. But a restaurant, they lose their freezer. They have to shut down. You're talking about employees being out of pay, the money they lose for the freezers, the money of income. I mean, it's a big deal. So when we do this trade, it's great because we're not only working with our hands and making a decent living, we're also helping other people out, whether it's other businesses or people or the survival of the world or air quality. You know, it's, it's a really cool to be able to do stuff with your hands. And one thing is no matter how bad life gets, because I've been through some tough times before, no matter how bad life gets, and somebody tries to take everything from you. Nobody can take away your skills. I had everything taken away from me, and I was able to start over because I had skills. I moved to Miami, and from Texas to Miami, it was a huge difference and a complete culture shock. But because I had these skills, I could apply them and learn and grow, and I was able to start over and then there from continue to travel. So no matter where I go, I have skills that nobody can take away from me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's That seems very important. Certainly, many of us get stuck in one certain area because of the fact we're working for one certain company and, and that's all we can do there. As a matter of fact, I worked for a company for 15 years. Um, it was fun. I rode horses. But my skills were limited to combat and riding horses, which is a very limited, useful skill. Um, very few places I can go with that. And quite often I found myself thinking, God, it would have been great to learn a trade or learn a skill where I can move anywhere I want to be, whether it be the ocean, whether it be the woods, whether it be mountains, whether it be the desert, and actually utilize that in a productive manner. That's right. And with these skills, even if you get into the trades and realize, hey, you know, you don't like this, it's can be a great stepping stone to something else. A great friend of mine, his whole passion was to be an actor. He got an HVAC, paved the way so he can actually move to New York and become an actor. Had another friend that wanted to get into music, so he did HVAC to, to build a studio. And another friend that loved skateboarding and stuff, but you couldn't, you know, successfully, you know, pay for his everything he liked in life. So he did HVAC to pay for these other things. And the cool thing is, you always have something to fall back on. There's always that, that needed skill of being able to understand how to use tools and repair stuff and work with your hands, even if it's in your own house. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love the fact that you brought that up. I think that's something for people, especially young people who are deciding what they want to do, even if they want to be creative, even if they want to have, you know, a creative lifestyle, they can not only do that within their trade itself, but having a skill does give them something to fall back on where they can uh, head towards their ultimate goal in this creative field, but have some kind of stability in the meantime. That's a really good point. All right, so let's say your day, you start your day, and how does it begin? What do you do? Well, in my days of the field, I would uh, I'd either get in the service van and either drive to the shop to get my list of calls for today. But then right. as time progressed, a lot of people are being dispatched from home. And one company had, it was early on, it was way ahead of its time, they would dispatch a straight from home. So I just left the house and went straight to my first service call and and worked until I just really, a lot of times in summer, you couldn't work anymore. In the summertime, it was just, you know, as many calls you could possibly do, as many hours you could take, and all that was overtime, and I would just put it in the bank. And then in the wintertime, things would slow down, and I would go on vacations. Uh, I would go ski trips or, or traveling or whatever else I wanted to go do, and, and it was great to be able to uh, have that freedom. 
to be able to, you know, make the money and do stuff. Now, what I loved was that, you know, being able to go talk to customers, going in and have my tools with me, whether it's a commercial building or residential, you know, going in and it's talk to the customer and you get that out of the way. That's a job in itself. And then going to the equipment and the customer gives you a little bit of information. And then you look at the equipment and you kind of have to be a doctor, but the equipment can't talk to you. So you have to learn how to get the information from the equipment. And instead of just fixing that first problem, what caused this to happen? This may be an issue to get it running again, but is it going to be running correctly? A lot of people just want to replace that first part. But when you stop and think, let's look at the bigger picture. What caused this part to fail? What other things are happening with the system? Then you can go to the customer and say, hey, we can do this to get you running. Let's really look at the bigger picture here, and then you can solve bigger issues with them. Instead of us having to come back all the time, let's solve these bigger issues. Let's solve these air issues. Let's make this system where it's going to be dependable through the summer so it didn't happen on the 4th of July. And uh, it's really cool when people then... They want you. They don't just want your company. They say, I want I want you to come back. And they call your company and they request you by name. And that's a pretty cool feeling. It's called the, the superhero feeling, you know, when people, like, they trust you and they respect you and they want you to come back out. You know, that's awesome. On the downside, you know, there's there's some harsh working conditions we have to do. We have to crawl under houses. We have to crawl up in hot attics. We Some days it's so hot that the sweat's running in your eye and it's burning and your the tools are so hot they burn your hands. And sometimes you have customers that are just, they had really bad days and they're sitting in a very hot house. They've been waiting on you all day and you you get there to help them and they're mad because they know you're going to be expensive. They're waiting on you and you have to, you know, bite your tongue and you have to, you know, be considerate of their feelings and emotions then get the equipment running and then you you know then they start to usually calm down a lot after that once they start have some cooling going but there's some challenges in the trade and that's one thing that's amazing is we don't just have to deal with all this technical you know tools and cool stuff and equipment we also have to deal with the customer and do all that in extreme conditions because once it starts cooling we leave once it starts heating we leave so you know it's sometimes you know it can be pretty rough being able to do all the technical stuff, all the customer service stuff, and be able to work in these harsh environments. But that's the other reason that tradesmen, you know, get paid generally more, and that's why they should get paid more, because they have to understand the customer side, the technology side, and do it in those hot conditions. Yeah, that's a good point. There's so many facets to the job, actually. It's not just technical aspects of the HVAC, per se, or any other trade. There are just so many aspects. Certainly working with people is a big one. Um, I imagine that's a pretty rewarding feeling once you've once you've succeeded and uh, people are so grateful for the fact that you were able to take care of them. I mean, when it's when it's hot and the AC is not working, it's miserable, right? I mean, it's it really is horrific and it affects us in so many negative ways. So people have to be incredibly grateful when you can come in and solve the problem, especially when they've called five or six other companies and nobody cared to solve it or you know they were just trying to do the quick solve and then you're actually solving the, the whole issue they they get very happy then they tell their friends and then uh and then your reputation grows oh that's super cool that's super great um okay so we've we've touched about uh what a day is sort of like and we touched on some of the pros and cons is there anything specific as far as a pro or con that you think is really important to get out there to people i think the most important thing is you have to keep learning uh, and there's several aspects because if I told you a story and you told five other people that story and they told other people the story, would the story be the same? And in HVAC, there's a lot of people that, that we, we learn from people. And there's a lot of people that I trust that are good friends. And I've learned I have to double check some things. And even me, I'm still learning stuff. And I realized, man, I told somebody the wrong thing. 
technology is changing and some of the reasons behind doing stuff, you know, kind of somebody made a shortcut or found this little shortcut solution. But as time changes, we get new refrigerants and different types of housing that some of those old rules don't work anymore. And we have to go back to either the original science to it or the technology is changing. And what worked 30 years ago doesn't work today. And so sometimes we, we trust the person we're working with and we'll do it however they say to do it. But we have to be able to go beyond that. So in our own time, reading the installation manual. I mean, there is so much information in the installation manual. People say, what book do you recommend? The installation manual. Because there is so much stuff in there. And if somebody starts getting defensive about the installation manual, it tells me that they probably don't know. I've learned when there's something I don't know, I'm like, hey, show me, teach me, let me learn it. Let me, let me drive to be more. A lot of people, we have that initial pride, and we don't want to say that we don't know something. And a lot of people get upset when you're reading the installation manual and you say something. So as a tradesman coming in, you have to be very careful because you don't want to upset you know, somebody you're working with. But at the same time, you want to continuously learn. And I tell my students, I want everybody to be beyond what I know. I don't want people to you know, just come up to my level. I want them exceeding me. And I'm so thankful I've had that. I've had students come back, and they're working in equipment I've never got to work on. When I started in the trade, ammonia was, was going out. They said, don't even bother with ammonia. Now ammonia is coming back for supermarkets. And I have students wow. that are working with ammonia, students that are working with uh, magnetic uh, bearingless compressors and like all this really cool stuff. And they're teaching me things. And that's I love that. I love seeing that growth and being successful. You know, we can just come in and just do the minimum or what somebody said to do. But to have that drive to continue to learn more, that's what's going to set you, set you apart from the rest. That's what's going to have you know, that next job lined up. That's what's going to have those customers calling you back. And that's some of the stuff that's important is making sure that we continuously learn. And it's, it's not fun reading those installation manuals. It's sometimes really dry reading, but it's so valuable. It is extremely valuable. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's a good, another good point you bring up. Uh, we don't think about the fact that, I mean, technology is, is changing so rapidly overall. And of course, it affects the HVAC business as well. And I assume that can be a, a bit of a daunting and scary thing to, to some people. And you have to, as a teacher, the fact that you're able to, um, I don't know, excite young people to, to be... Um, thrilled that there are opportunities to learn more and that as things change it actually you know keeps your brain occupied you learn you you can move forward i assume it leads to other opportunities in general as far as experts in the field go that's exactly right and uh and, and it's unlimited you know people say oh i get bored with hvac and you need to be looking for that next level that there's something else to do because it's this amazing trade there's so much to learn and it's Right now with technology coming out, it's changing every single day. There's new stuff coming out. I got a, one of my mentors that's been in for forever, and he said he was getting ready to retire because just things are changing, and he just doesn't – he just to the point he doesn't want to learn anything new. And he said, that's not right, so it's time for me to retire because I don't want to learn anything new. And I have such respect for him because he knows so much stuff. But to be able to admit that, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't want to learn anything new. It's time for me to retire, to have you know, the forethought to think that. I have yeah. so much respect for him, and uh, and I hope he doesn't retire. I hope he shares his information, what he does know, because it's so valuable. But you know, to say, hey, it's you know, I don't want to learn anything new. It's time for me to retire. That was, to me was just huge. And I hope, when the point where I get there, I don't want to learn anything more that I, I can be able to say, you know what, I I'm gonna I'm gonna step out and let somebody else come in. But it's a great trade. I love it. I love it more than anything is when I see a student be successful. When they call me back and say, hey, Ty. I, I got this new job. I got this new promotion. I'm now working with this new cool thing. That to me pays everything. Or when a technician in a trade comes in and says, I understand. I've been doing superheat for all these years and I didn't know why. I, just, I was just told to do it. 
but now I understand why I'm doing it, and it makes my job so much more fun. Oh, that's the greatest feeling when you see people, you know, seeing that that new layer of what we do every day because there's so much science involved in what we do, and it's, you know, it's it's great when and it's continuously learning. Like science is, I learn something new constantly. And it's so cool understanding the refrigeration and the technology. And sometimes the technology goes backwards. Like we found a way to use what was once out of date. CO2 was an old refrigerant. Now it's coming back. Ammonia is an old refrigerant. Wow. It's coming back. Propane you know, is an old refrigerant, and it's you know coming sure. back. So it's it's cool. And those flammable refrigerants, people get all scared about it. But if you understand, you take the safety precautions in it. And that's opportunity for new people in the trade. You get people say, oh, I don't want to. I will refuse to work with flammable refrigerants. Well, hey, somebody new saying, hey, if I do it safely, I can do that. I can do that job nobody else wants to do. And that opens up more opportunity. Um, back in the day, I had an old 1978 Ford pickup with a car-rated 460 big wow. block and pass anything but a gas station. And my uh, mechanic friend, he uh, told me never get fuel injection. Well, in the 90s, he ended up retiring because by that point, everything was fuel injected. And uh, by the time that he had actually passed away, he was driving a, a fuel-injected pickup truck with power windows. Like, it was, oh, the devil. Fancy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, technology is going to change whether we, whether we like it or not. It's going to be changing. So the new generation coming in, they're already used to using the apps and the phones and digital equipment and the stuff that's required now. So it's huge opportunities for them to where, you know, I grew up in the analog age, the analog age set days, you know, and... For me, I'm, I'm learning and adapting to the new stuff. But for the newer generation coming in, tons and tons of opportunity because that's their natural environment. That's a good point you bring up um, that we haven't touched on before. As far as the fact there's so much technology advancement coming, sometimes we are concerned that maybe that's going to take um, more work away from people, right? There's not going to be as many opportunities because technology is going to take over on that level. In this field... You find that, if anything, there's just more need for individuals to learn this? Yes, absolutely. So technology will remove some jobs, and that's natural as, as through time, but it also builds different jobs. It's, uh, it's just a progression of time. You know, we could fight to say that we hang on to the horse and buggy if we wanted, but, you know, technology is <laughs> there, and there's other jobs created. People that used to break horses all the time for a living now do other things. And so... The, really, the, the need for HVAC is growing massively, and the environmental impact is changing, and people are aware of this and having to make modifications and changing. So there's cool. more people needed, and there's more people needed now to do the technology than ever before because I had somebody the other day working on a gas furnace, and they had to program the control board. They said, I didn't sign up to be an IT person, and they were so angry that this technology had changed because they liked the old boards you know, from back in the day. And um, and it was it was sad on one hand, you know, what an adapting technology. But on the other hand, I was thinking, well, there's an opportunity for somebody else coming in that says, oh, I can do that, not a problem. And right. so as the technology changes, it actually creates more of a need, more of a need for people and people to diagnose it differently and understand what's happening. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that's fascinating for sure. Um, okay, so you work with kids all the time or, well, younger people generally who are getting educated in the field and you teach them. Uh, very noble. And uh, what are some of their biggest concerns when they're getting when they're getting started? What are they most concerned about that you have to assuage their uh, assuage their worries? Well, with Generation Z, there's there's a lot of differences, and they I I, I get so upset when I hear the new generation doesn't want to work because that's been being said all the way back to the 20s. 
Like it's it's just a sure. every generation says it about the next, and people are saying that new generation, and they don't even understand there's a difference between millennials and Generation Z. Like they don't even understand there's a difference in concepts. Sure. But I find that Generation Z are very hardworking people. They really have the drive. They want to learn this stuff. One of the biggest things they're afraid of is getting stuck in one position and being mm-hmm. you know there the whole time. They want to move up, and so there's some differences on the employer side that we can make to bridge these gaps, such as. Hey, I need the grunt work done. I need somebody to run through the attic and pull this duct work. But how about you do that four days a week? And then on one day a week, have you ride to the service technician or the maintenance person and start learning those duties. So now you're learning stuff while you're also getting the grunt work done. And the cool thing is, if that person leaves the company, well, now you already have somebody halfway trained to take that position. So you're not, you know, not in a bind. So it's a great way to help bring people up into the trade and fill the needs they want, being able to learn and, and grow in the same way as protecting your company. So it's a win-win situation. Some of the other concerns that people have is how they're being treated. They have people that come in and want to yell at them and, you know, hey, you have to do this and you don't talk back and you just do what I say. And that's really been going on for, you know, a long time. And it's right. how we were treated. Like, that's how I was treated. So we naturally sure. have to be conscious of, hey, I need to break that. This generation, they're not used to that. You know, they're used to, you know, understanding things differently. So having the respect to say, Look, I will explain why I'm telling you all this stuff, but we have to get this job done. So let's get the job done. And then on the way home, then we'll talk about it. On the drive back, we'll talk about it. Or maybe tomorrow. So that way you can meet the needs of having to get stuff done, but still understanding that it's a human on the other side. And they grew up in a different area, the digital world, the digital age. And things change a lot. And uh, so today, I mean, things are changing weekly. And we're used to getting a, an evaluation once a year. Like, yeah, I'm going to work hard that one month yeah. before my evaluation so I can get the raise, which never really worked, honestly, back then. So right. now if we make some changes such as giving monthly or even weekly updates, you know, hey, you learned this, you got the certification, I'm going to give you a 10-cent raise, a 20-cent raise, whatever it is. And then now they feel that progress, and then they're continuously working hard to learn more because they're continuously getting that feedback. A lot of people say, well, I shouldn't have to baby them who doesn't like positive feedback? Like right. everybody I know is if you tell them, Hey, you did a good job today. Thank you for that. Or, Hey, you got the certification and I'm going to give you a little acknowledgement for that. Like as a human, people generally respond well to that. So the new generation is a great way to keep them engaged, keep them motivated, keep them making more money and the company's winning and the, the, the new generation's winning. So that's a way that some of the things I find people are scared about at the same time, being right. able to turn that to a profit. Now, who of the of the young people or anyone actually who wants to get started in the trade would you say is best suited for HVAC? Well, I once upon a time used to say you needed to have mechanical aptitude, being able to work with your hands and do stuff. And right. I've realized that that wasn't true because I've had some students that I really, they needed more time because they didn't understand. They didn't grow up using screwdrivers and taking the lawnmower apart because you know, we don't have that generational, you know, connection like we used to. So it point. takes a little bit longer for some people to understand that. And if I had employers get mad, oh, they didn't know which way to turn the screwdriver or yell at them and get all mad instead of being like, hey, we end up with a generation now that grew up on phones and computers instead of working with dad's tools. So it takes them a little bit longer sometimes for people to start understanding that. And what somebody will do is focus on one mistake somebody made, not knowing how to use a tool that we use every day for the last 30 years, and we just take it for granted. And they'll yell at them, and then now all the things that they can accomplish and can do that we can't, now they feel bad about it, and then they will look to go someplace else. 
Yeah. So that understanding, a little bit of empathy in it, and giving the time to have that mechanical aptitude. Yeah, actually, if somebody has mechanical aptitude, it's easy to grow in that. But it still takes time. I got a good friend that's been in refrigeration for a long time, well-respected man. And he told me that he didn't have any mechanical aptitude when he started. And he learned. He said working a screwdriver was actually new to him. And now he's one of the leaders in refrigeration work. So, you know, it's easy to say, well, you need to have this. You need to have that. What you need is a growth mindset and a drive. You need to have goals. You got to have those goals. What are your goals? Because you don't have goals, you're not going to get there. So you got to have goals. What do you want to be in five years, in 10 years, next month? Have these goals lined out and then focus on them and then have that growth mindset. We want to learn new things, continue to grow new things. And if you have those two things, then you can be successful. And I've had students that I thought, I don't know about this guy. And then I got to see, man, they were rocking it. They were one of the top leaders in their company. So I've learned over time to, to not prejudge people. That's one of the blessings of being an educator is so many different ethnic backgrounds and personalities and, and things that people right. have and understanding and being introduced to see people that I preconceived wrongly that they are being very successful. So now I don't judge anybody new as long as they're willing to listen and learn. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited about that. That's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. How do you uh, feel about uh, trying to bring, I assume that the majority of your students are men. Is that correct? The majority are men. There's a lot of women that's getting into the trade. I'm a big supporter of women in HVAC who actually has scholarships to help women get in the trade and not just get women into the trade, but also keep them, retain them. And sometimes it takes a few changes on the employer side, but the women in the trade, I grew up with my mom working with my dad doing sheet metal work and climbing on roofs and and we grew up on a ranch. And so my mom was, you know, breaking horses and all that stuff. So for me, like a woman could do anything a man could do. I just grew up with that. And then later started traveling. People would say, well, a woman can't do air conditioning work. And I thought they were joking. And some people were serious about that. And I was just appalled. So I've, I've learned now to talk to women and say, Hey, look, just let you know that there may be some jerk men. It's an old mindset, you know, and they're stuck in their ways. I want you to be prepared for that, but I do not want that to stop you. I want to prepare you for it, but I want you to know that you can succeed and you will eventually move beyond that person and you will help other people get in the trade. But don't forget how you were treated so you never treat anybody else that same way. And it's unfortunate that I have to have to teach that. Uh, it's unfortunate there's some mindsets out there for that. Sure. But it's just a matter of time before we, you know, we, we make those changes. We get that transition through. And I've had uh, some of my first students, my first female student, my very first class, she's running her own HVAC company now. And, you know, that's. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, we're, we're definitely seeing changes over time. And I think we're heading in a positive direction that way. I was, uh, I was curious about how much you're seeing uh, in the classroom as far as that goes. I do continue um, education also, and I'm seeing more and more women come into the classes and, and being right there and asking great questions and, you know, doing all that work. It's I, I love seeing that. It's definitely exciting for me. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, we need to break those boundaries in general. So that's uh, these are good things. Um, well, is there anything else specifically that you would like to add that we missed out on? Main thing is keep an open mindset. Never stop learning. There, I don't, I don't know if you do, you know, promotions or not. But I've been reading this book called Unlocking Generation Z, and okay. I have learned a lot uh, in this book. And I've been on chat rooms and stuff in younger generations learning. And that book's been a really an eye opener for me to help understand how the new generation thinks. There I am saying the new generation. Uh, biggest thing is never stop learning. There's so much resources out there. I do have a YouTube channel um, with free educational stuff out there. Some people like it, some people don't. Whatever it is, find out what it is that you need, what fits best for you, 
and and be successful. What is your YouTube channel? It's just my name. It's Ty Branneman. I didn't know it was going to be a thing at the time. It was you know, <laughs> I was just watching videos, and I recorded some of my classes for students, and, and it blew up. So Ty Branneman is an odd name, but if you also search on social media for L-O-V-E, the number two, H-V-A-C, you'll find me on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all those other things, which I'm trying to break my boundaries as that's not natural. So I've been trying to uh, spread the information and a love for HVAC by learning how to use some of these new platforms and stuff. Whatever it takes to help people learn and show people that, hey, tradespeople are successful people with great careers and they're happy with what they do for the most part. Yeah, it's nice to see uh, you with out there with uh, such an open mind with such an open mindset about where we can head, about the different generations, about different genders working in this field. Um, that's what we need in general. And uh, it's always exciting to see people who are who are that positive and, and ready to move in whatever direction we head. Life's about Thanks changing. so much, Ty. Thank you very much. Never stop oh, learning. <laughs> that's, we'll, we'll stop there. Never stop learning. Take it easy, Ty. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.